Well, welcome everyone to the Prime Subjective, a Star Trek podcast. Today we're going to be talking about uh, Strange New Worlds, episodes two and three. Uh, episode two is Children of the Comet. Episode three is called Ghosts of Illyria. Um, and with me today, I'm Chris Newcomer, your host. With me today is our fantastic, fabulous, beautiful, handsome, uh, out of this world, uh, a panel of, of folks. Uh, we've got Jay Nim. Sorry, I saw you're, you're chewing. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's good. Uh, if you're going to eat diced fruit, it's better to do it with a spoon than with a knife. Yes, because if you don't, then our, one of our other panelists, Carrie coleman Hinners, will scream, Don't eat that knife! And don't put that knife in your mouth! <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we've got Carrie coleman Hinners as well, who is very conscious of knives. And then we've got uh, Michael Henley. I feel like Jay needs a devil over his shoulder to counterbalance uh, Carrie's angel over his shoulder. So I'm going to say, <laughs> put that knife in your mouth. Put that knife in your mouth. <laughs> And I'm going to stay Switzerland neutral on the knives. You do what you want with knives. I'm not going to have an opinion about it. You do your thing. Um, <laughs> but while we're here, I'm going to go back to, to Jay and ask, hey, Jay, how you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm well, I got COVID. Um, Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm on the up, though. I called my sister and she was like, well, you sound a lot better. So I'll take it. And I was kind of Aww. sweating, but it was also like 90 degrees outside. So I didn't yeah. like know if that was due to the 90 degrees or just due to my, anyway, mostly better. Yeah, I, I can't imagine having COVID this past week in Philly when literally it was 100 degrees on Saturday. So I bet that was a warm one for you. I have, I have two fans going. And do you have AC as well? Nope. <gasps> oh, no. Nope. Oh, no, Jay. Hey. I was I was surprisingly okay. <laughs> All right. Oof. Well, Carrie, Carrie, how you doing? Well, better than Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a graduation party this weekend, hmm. and uh, it's the graduation season. My cousin, my cousin, graduated from UPenn. Oh, lovely! Very, very smart. Very smart guy. He's going places. He's what, de what degree did he get job. from UPenn? What degree did he get? No, like math, science. Like he got the, the famous, the, fa the famous math yeah. science degree they offer there at UPenn. That, that combined statistics. Like I don't know. He's already got. He's already got a job, and he's he's already making a seven figure salary. Wow. <laughs> like next oh, year, so will be great. He'll be great. He's doing great. Wait, seven figures, like a million plus <laughs> out of college? I don't know. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. I think that he's going to get there by the age of 25. That's my no. prediction. So my suggestion to you, Carrie, is to be very nice to this person in your family. Yeah. <laughs> Make him a lot of art, and then maybe he yeah. will come and pay, pay it in, yeah. in the future. That's what I was like. I was like, well, can you paint like me? So <laughs> yeah, Exactly. I, I, yeah, you I make a lot of money, but can you paint? That's what I <laughs> neg, say. My neg him, <laughs> neg him to get down his self-esteem. <laughs> hey, Michael Henley, how are you doing? Yes, I am doing very well. Uh, I wish I had some crazy things to report, but uh, you know what? I entered this past weekend just saying, like, I'm going to do. Oh, you know, I have a list of five or six different things I wanted to do, but they all involve going outside. And then I went outside and I said, nope. Oh yeah, outside um, was no no non-starter this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So I just kind of stayed in and hung out and you know cleaned up stuff and 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 everything and and just uh, had a nice just kind of quiet weekend. You know, I, I think we're traveling for uh, Memorial Day weekend, so it was nice kind of like ah, oh, we're just gonna chill out weekend. Well, that's good. That's very good. I um um I'm gonna yeah, tell you how, you how doing? I'm doing. Oh, thank yeah. you. Wonderful. <laughs> you we're, we're right on the same page there. That's fabulous. Uh, I'm doing well. I I made the mistake of agreeing to do participate in a sidewalk sale on Saturday. So I I I had a monetary investment in being outside, uh, which ended up being a lot of fun. And I sold a couple wigs. I sold some. I sold a fan I bought in Tokyo. I sold. Um, uh, uh, what else did I sell? Some T-shirts, a jacket. I really I, I made out pretty well. And cool. somehow I managed to not make it through all the way the all the way through the weekend, maintaining to keep all that money I made. <laughs> 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 so 
somehow uh, my profits up. I'm somehow back in the red. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Flash, I do know what happened is I went to the piano bar and I felt magnanimous uh, because I'd made bucks that day. And, uh, uh, a lot of people uh, had some free drinks that were uh, from uh, and very and nice. Kimono. So there you go. If you just advertised that anybody who gave you money would be paying for other people's drinks later in the night, you might have made more sales. You're probably right about Good that. Point. I, I want to be like, what's what's the what's the Greek god of one of those like Greek or Roman gods of like the party? Who is that? Dionysus. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm yeah, a very Dionysus. Dionysian character. Yes. Up in Philadelphia. You are. So. You know what? You are. <laughs> Thank you. Now that you say that. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna get that. Uh, I'm gonna get that tattoo on my forehead. No, that would also be very Dionysus, obviously, but I'm not gonna do it. Uh, but yes, a lovely weekend. Although, um, uh, yeah, I did. I did sleep Saturday night uh, at an apartment where there was no air conditioning, and I was like, uh, oh, holy hell, this is uh, this is a real problem. And on the third floor, it was a lot. It was a lot of things. But uh, you know what? Uh, uh, I got back to the AC, and things were good. Um, uh, we're going to swiftly move on by the fact that that's clearly not my apartment I was sleeping in on Saturday night. Let's move on to these two episodes of Star Trek. Well, seems I wasn't going to... Your, uh, your generosity at the piano bar was appreciated. I wasn't going to engage. I was going to let it go. You weren't going to engage, but somebody hit it. It's You know, here's the thing. It's an it's thing. It's, 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 I'll, I'll say it's, a, it's an apartment. I It's a, you know, it's a... Um, it's a... Um, what's it called? Oh, I'm dating someone. That's what it's called. <laughs> An actual person, yeah. one person. It's so rare for me that so I forget how to refer to it. I'm like, so I'm doing this thing where a man likes me and he's nice and we share time together. I don't know what's it called. That's sort of what's happening. Uh, <laughs> we actually talk to each other during meals. <laughs> yeah, we make eye contact and express vulnerability. I don't know. What is that? I, I forget. What is that? We share our likes and dislikes. It's very strange. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's let's forget about uh, that that Mishigas. Let's talk about uh, the Mishigas that's happening uh, over in the world of uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Yes. So yeah. in episode two, which is called Children of the Comet, it opens up Ahura has been invited to, a, to dinner with the Enterprise's senior officers in an opportunity to get to know each other in a more informal setting. Um, she's subtly teased by the ship's uh, uh, chief engineer, Hemmer and Spock, before dinner begins, with uh, Pike. Also, as she's walking up, uh, one of her cohorts uh, tells her to wear her dress clothes, and she shows up to the, in, in this dinner in dress, <laughs> and they're all like, mm -hmm, you're so silly, Uhura. Happened to me, too. Some light ribbing. Uh, Ahura, uh, um, Pike regales the crew of his misadventures and his extensive Starfleet career, and Ahura shares her background in Kenya and impressive linguistic abilities with Pike, uh, noting, notifying her that she's been selected to join the ship's next landing party. Ahura surprises Pike also by expressing her doubts in pursuing a further future in Starfleet, joining after the tragic death of much of her family and feeling directionless. Number one senses Pike is still haunted by his own prophesied accident, but the matter is sidelined when Spock observes that a comet is slated to strike the nearby planet of Persephone III and wipe out all of its inhabitants. While the Enterprise attempts to embed ion engines on the comet to steer it away, the crew is shocked to discover the comet has a force field with signs of an abandoned civilization detected under the surface. Spock we... and... Sh Go ahead. Sorry, can we talk about laughter? And there's a whole like really cute exchange where Spock, uh, where Pike oh, yes. tells a story about um, how he has to like chase after a pantsless Nausicaan and everybody laughs. And then Spock goes, I've never understood why humans laugh at others' misfortune. <laughs> um, that was just a really cute human moment that I've been missing from mm -hmm. Star Trek's of recent. Yeah. And they bring, it, they bring yeah. it back in the end of the episode too. Yes. He, it, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Spock. That, Spock did a good job in this episode, yeah. both the writers who wrote Spock and the actor who acted Spock. Michael, what were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say too. I mean, this episode I felt was littered with human moments, and I, I you know, because I, I will get into it. I, I thought this was terrific, and I especially liked the long opening in Pike's quarters. I mean, just the, uh, you know, I, I always. I always like Star Trek shows that invent like a bits of business that people do on their off hours. You know, um, mm -hmm. I feel like Discovery doesn't really get that too much. Although, you know, we go we go to the lounge, but everyone's just so like mission focused. Um, and Next Gen had the poker game, and Deep Space Nine had like quarks and you know 
Hell Suites and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, Voyager had the holodeck, you know, that people always go to. And I just like after hours, and I like the simplicity here of basically just, you know, a potluck at Pike's Quarters. I hope this becomes a thing, honestly, because it just it just put such a smile on my face. I love seeing yeah. that they're, it's just full of like little moments, and it's just it's it's delightful. It's just delightful. Mm. I think what those moments bring to us too, which I think is lovely, is to remind us that these people are like us. These are people yes. who have human things that happen to them. They just happen to be, their jobs just happen to be uh, in space. You know, I'm from Iowa. I just work in space. That sort of, that sort of vibe. Which <laughs> <laughs> I think is, is fab- fabulous. Oh, Chris, did you get through your um, summary? Yeah. Before we, we started. I, I, oh, sorry. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. That's okay. <laughs> you're good. You're good. You're I couldn't good. tell. I couldn't tell. I was like, wait, uh... Um, no, I, I agree. I love this sort of ensemble uh, parts of it. Those are, have always been my favorite episodes when everybody is uh, together, working together or like in a scene yeah. together. <laughs> uh, that's really good. Uh, these two, these uh, um, past two episodes were dedicated to April Nosephora, uh, who passed away from cancer and she was a, a producer who worked for like 30 years on Star Trek so oh, she oh, like wow. touched a lot of people's uh, a lot of actors and uh, people on Star Trek lives so wow. I don't know just thought that was worth it to mention because it did say like at the end this is dedicated to yeah April Nosephora so yeah. um, yes I loved when Uhura got punked um <laughs> Like I felt bad for her, but then I was like, she. Then, then she started giving me a, a Dear Atal vibes, but like kind of, kind of too insecure. Like you're very yeah. smart. Stop being so insecure. Um, but I kind of forgive Ohora for it in this instance because I believe we're seeing the growth of a character because I think they're showing us before we've seen her, uh, before we knew her. And sort of how she uh, how she came to be, <laughs> who well, she is. Well, that's the thing of it too. So we're we're basically ten years of before before yeah. we know from the original series. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. just a cadet right now. She's just a right. cadet. I guess this would be her internship then, if she's just a cadet. <laughs> uh, her internship on Star uh, it's, on it's Enterprise. The, it's the Federation, so you know she's unpaid. Yeah. <laughs> No one gets paid. They're all no paid. paid. Yeah, yeah they're, it's uh, all for personal fulfillment. <laughs> but they all have free health care, free food, free lodging, free everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. That's helpful. Yeah. I also really loved Hemmer. I love that character, Hemmer. Oh, yeah, me too. And um, you know what I'm going to say. You know I'm going to direct you to another episode right away. Okay, we, you we already have a, know we have it's a, coming. Is you're it just tuning in. If you're just tuning into the Prime Subjective for the first time, Carrie Coleman Hinners is our resident teacher. She loves to assign homework every now and again of episodes that will increase and enhance your enjoyment of the series. <laughs> Carrie, we call this spot homework. Go for it. Um, I <laughs> would love a punny title for this other than homework, but homework yeah. is the working we'll, title. We'll, work, we'll but, workshop something. So he's an ANR, which is a which is a blind. Uh, uh, ice-dwelling subspecies of Andorians. And there was a, a, an episode on Enterprise. Actually, these two episodes that we're talking about today both reference uh, Enterprise episodes. Both have characters that reference Enterprise episodes, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, because for a long time, I think people were just sort of like, oh, Enterprise, that doesn't count, you know? Like, yeah. things don't... <laughs> but I mean, Enterprise is very important. Like, the things that happen in Enterprise affect the things that are happening on A Strange New World. So I'm, I'm, um, I like that. So yeah, at some point, the Andorians didn't believe that the Anar were... Uh, real and they sort of like rediscovered the anar and there was a, it was another episode where it was two different species on the same planet that had misunderstandings about each other and stereotypes about each other like learning how like relearning uh their cultures you know appreciating their mm-hmm. cultures so that episode is called the anar so oh. That's your homework for today. I mean, your first homework assignment for the day, I should say. I mean, the 
it's just watching. It's just watching. There, you know, there's no assignment. There's not going to be any test. It's just for your own benefit. Yeah. Honor system. Yeah, honor system. Yeah. Yeah. Although if you do get invited to Carrie's Trexgiving at any point, she will do a pop quiz. I will. I will ask you about it. I will probably. I will ask you about it. That is 100 percent true. I'm not even kidding. Wonderful. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep describing this episode just so we can keep keep the train a moving. Um, yeah. Or I should keep the shuttle a, a flying. Whatever works for our our current uh, <laughs> what we're talking about. So Spock and Chief Security Officer La'an Noonien Singh, just getting that last name in there one more time, Noonien Singh, lead Uhura and Samuel Kirk as the landing party to investigate the comet's mysteries mysteries, uh, beaming onto it directly. Kirk, like an idiot, is incapacitated. I'm sorry. That was a dumb move. We'll come back to that. Anyway. No, he is an idiot. He's yeah, I mean, absolutely an idiot. Like, like, yeah. I even wrote that tune. I, I wrote Kirk, of course. Of course, of course. is what I wrote. <laughs> so Kirk is incapacitated by energy feedback from a massive egg on the comet, with the process effectively cutting the landing party off from the Enterprise. As the Enterprise attempts to break through the comet's force field, they are intercepted by a large starship belonging to a race referring to themselves as the Shepherds. The Shepherds warn Pike that any action taken toward the comet and its trajectory will be regarded as hostile interference and met with decisive action, with the landing party's presence regarded by the Shepherds as blasphemous. Um, any thoughts about this surprise, um, this surprise new new alien race uh, who has some some little, you know, fundamentalist <laughs> vibes I, going on? Yeah, I just like to say in my notes, I call I wrote Sam Kirk like touches the egg. What a moron! Like completely. That's what yeah. I thought. I was like, you yeah. don't touch things. It's like you know, rule number one. Of course, that's of course that's James T. Kirk's dad. Like that's where he gets it from. It's, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that that family like keeps reproducing. With yeah, their decisions. Yeah. Wait, it's yeah. it's his dad. It's his dad or his. I thought it was his brother. I thought George was his brother. This is Sam. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I thought Sam, Sam was Sam, his yes. dad. Uh, you Sam, think it's yes. his brother? I thought so. Yeah, because mm. he appears in an original series episode very briefly. You're right. He dies. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he dies. So we okay. know his future too. <laughs> does he still okay. have the mustache? He does. My mistake. Yeah, he's like working as a scientist on some planet or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my brother. I stand. I stand corrected. Trekkies out there. I, stand I will say. Corrected. Don't you think it's one thing you don't want to be related to the captain of any um, ship that's part of a series, like Captain Picard's whole family fully ate it, no. and Kirk's <laughs> family, his goes, son. Yeah. You're gonna get killed yeah. if you're related you're, to a captain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's bad. Or news. separated forever and remarry. That's the only yes. other option. Uh, either killed or you meet, you find new love while you're Captain Love. I mean, d- did you get to the end of Deep Space Nine, Chris? Did you watch? I, the I know. Because I did, I'm still not all the way there. Oh <laughs> okay. no. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we won't we say anything yet. But Jake's Here's okay, right? Yeah. Jake's okay, Jake's, right? Jake is a okay, one hundred percent. Okay, yeah, cool. But I do know you did. You did kind of tell me. I did kind of look it up. That I know that Cisco, you know, goes into a. He has sex with. No, he goes into the. I don't know. I don't. I need to watch it. <laughs> anyway, back really to this want, episode. Really want to hear the end of that? Uh, <laughs> no, I was like, he goes into the wormhole and he has. They have an orgy. I don't know. So as Uhura begins deciphering inscriptions <laughs> on the egg clues. Chris, I think there's some projection there in that. <laughs> listen, listen, orgies don't start themselves. As Ahura <laughs> begins deciphering inscriptions on the egg for clues to control it, Spock notices that the egg responds to music as Uhura hums. Unbeknownst to Uhura, the Enterprise detects Uhura's humming and singing, realizing that she is emitting them as, she, as they continue their standoff with the shepherds. Using harmonics, Uhura gets the comet to lower its shields, allowing the landing party to be rescued by the Enterprise. This is noticed by the shepherds who respond offensively and pursue the Enterprise until Pike maneuvers the ship near the comet, forcing the shepherds to stand down. I love music. I love this part. Also, um, Celia R. Gooding, who plays Uhura, is a she's been nominated for a Tony within the past two wow. years. She's in wow. Daddy Little Pill on Broadway. Her mother yeah, is um, her mother is Lachance, who is in the original cast of Ragtime. Oh no, original cast oh, of wow. uh, of, of Once on This Island. She was the original oh. Celia in. Um, in uh, color purple, um, and she's just not got nominated for a play. It's a it's a it's a theater family. Wow. And all of yeah. the plays being on yeah. TV. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Cool. I love the singing too. And very cool that it's from like a tune from Kenya and like bringing yeah. that, that that she's yeah yeah and I and I always and I did uh, think it was uh, perfect in keeping with the Uhura character because I do know that on the original series she was always singing actually or at least in yeah. one episode she would go around singing and <laughs> she would, she would um, sing mom a couple times yes and yeah of course in, in one of the movies she sung and did a fan dance um, yeah. Was, you know, <laughs> Not a great moment, but I'm a big fan of Uhura's voice, singing voice, regardless. So yes, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, Which movie also, was that? Yeah, As in Star Trek Five, when she <gasps> distracts, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Oh, she's distracting. I see. Which yes. one is Star Trek Five again? Uh, the uh, Final Frontier, the 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 going to find God one. Okay, right, right. Where does a nude fan dance and it's <laughs> yeah, they're, like, that they're like hey you know we've already moment. we've saved the whales and we had a campy moment now we're gonna find god we're really <laughs> just uh <laughs> yeah let's get back to our roots let's get back our to roots. our roots uh i also really really loved um nurse chapel flirting with spock Yes. Which also is in keeping with the Nurse Chapel character, because whenever Nurse Chapel was on screen in the original series, she was all like, like kind of more subtly flirting with Spock. So I love that this character is a little bit more fleshed out in this uh, in this series. So I, I thought that was really awesome. No, I like her a lot, and I'm trying to think what I know this act with that actress from because she's done some. Other she stuff. looks familiar to me, but I didn't look her up. But I think she's had like a drastically different hairstyle and other things, which is why I'm having trouble like policing it. Oh, uh, I just Google uh, it for you. Yeah. Please, Nurse Chapel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, her name is Jess Bush, and I believe she is an Australian uh, actress and model. I'm oh, sure she she's from Australia's Next Top Model. That's <gasps> it. That's it. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know her. I was like, why That's do I know this face? Why do I? Because I watched this person well, compete on reality television. And, and, and <laughs> although I haven't watched it, I was just like, I was going over my break because, like, for some reason, apparently I was reading up on everybody and, like, I was trying to remember. Yeah. She's like, she's a model, but she's also done TV work. What's a show where someone could be a model, but also is on TV? <laughs> no, I fully, I fully and watched her whole that, I was season. Like, oh, of course. Mm -hmm. I fully watched her whole season. Thank you for putting that so, in. Context. So, Mike, they didn't put the modeling add-on to IMDb in your database yet? They did not, no. No. Look, it's a whole expansion. I mean... I it's mean, coming with his Windows XP upgrade. Windows oh, XP yeah. upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> Developers are working on it right now, Then they're basically like, we can do it, but it'll cost you. And so right now, I'm just like... It'll mm -hmm. cost you. Yeah. She's six feet tall, by the way, just so you know. That's a little tidbit I looked up about her. She's no, tall. She's, she's stunning. And she, I think she yeah. very nearly won her season of Australia. I don't. She either won or very nearly won. Um, also, that is if you want to if you want to go down a real. <laughs> here's your, my homework for for yeah. our, our listeners are watching. Yeah, um, just take a peek at Australia's Next Top Model because they get away with some stuff they couldn't do here in the states, and that's saying something um. given all the crazy shit they did on America's Next Top Model. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't mean to sound like a gross heterosexual male, but if you'll indulge me <laughs> for one second, it's got to be really competitive to be to win. You know. Uh, the next top model in Australia, if only because Australia has some really, really, really good people. Australia's kind of like a I mean, very pretty over there. Yeah, very pretty over there. Just the number of like actors and actresses that come from just like, why are they so good looking? Oh, they're from Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 yeah, I mean, there are a lot of pretty people on the show. It makes it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. She's um, and, great. And I love her acting as Nurse Chapel. I think she's fabulous. Yes. I'm just yes. excited to put good. that together to two things that I was very obsessed with. Um, are all coming mm. to one place. So it makes me... Now, if Tyra appears on an episode of the show, yeah. my brain will explode. Um, what does your shirt say, Chris? What does your shirt say? Oh, my God. It's so funny you should say that. It says... Um, uh, get, get down get, under. Get down get under. Get down under. What's on the bottom? Yeah, what's on the bottom? Oh, it's like an eye that looks like a sun or it's a sunrise. Yeah. Or oh, then it says... In, in Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. Sind oh, no, but it's with an extra N. Sindney. Yeah, Sindney. Lindney. Lindney? I don't know. I bought this a long time ago because I like the color. It's when I was tanning a lot and I look good in yellow. But yeah, it's okay, there you go. Anyway, back to the they, rest of this episode. They spelled, they spelled Sydney wrong. Yeah, I don't think this is an Australian made uh, garment somehow. Um, 
so Pike negotiates that the shepherds peacefully help them redirect the comet to avoid any further conflict, um, which the shepherds begrudgingly comply with. Um, piloting a shuttlecraft, Spock diverts the comet's course to Persephone 3's orbit, where it benefits the planet's atmosphere and improves its agricultural potential. As Pike contemplates Uhura's analysis of the comet following the shepherd's prophecy, he looks up the personnel he is destined to save at the expense of his well-being. Um, this, and then once again, these think, this person who creates these, who's, who's very great for the most part, but then they also include their opinion of what they think is happening. They wrote, contemplating his own fate, and if it is as inescapable as it appears. I mean, he may be conveying that, but I think that's left well, up to the, the viewer. Well, but Una, Una literally asks him whether or not he thinks it could change before that moment. So right. I don't think that's too, too far too of a far jump. Off. Yeah. Mm. I think I thought he was thinking, is it worth, like, he was just having a new revelation about um, what what he did was the right thing. You know, this was worth it. This is all worth it. That That's kind of what I was getting. Yeah. Maybe he was looking up whether or not these kids suck. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it could be. I mean, that, that would be very tempting to be like, well, this kid doesn't know. deserve me. <laughs> this this kid's a biter, according to his, you know, star, right. star, star He's Trek. He's a biter. He wets the bed. Yeah. This kid gets an allowance and he's ungrateful. Gross. Right. <laughs> not an allowance because obviously there's no money in the. In the... <laughs> yeah. I don't know, an allowance of affection or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> One human hug. One human hug a week. <laughs> but overall in all, I really enjoyed this episode. I, I did um, too. I love how it ended. Yeah. yeah. I love this how the story ended of did was this meant to be? Did this comet uh know <laughs> that it was going to get uh, sidetracked by Spock. Spock was part of the plan the whole time, or was it, you know, like it was like sort of uh, um, fate or destiny versus your choices that you make, yeah. which it obviously um, is reflected in in uh, yeah Mike's situation yeah. as well. So that's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So I thought I liked how that tied together. Yeah. I also like too how I mean this it, it felt very classic in a lot of ways. Um, you know, especially because, you know, it's, it's introducing this situation, introducing this new alien species and introducing this kind of moral dilemma that involves, well, we don't want to upset this new species, but we also don't like, you know, like, like a classic moral dilemma that does, that is not solved with, you know, mm -hmm. phaser fire, you know, like it, it like mm -hmm. the, 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 this definitely felt like, you know, classic formula Star Trek. And I say formula, not disparagingly, but like yeah. very much just like, that, that's exactly this is exactly the kind of story that i wanted from strange New yeah in fact, we got in the mm -hmm. second episode already it yeah. really makes yeah. me happy and the little bits like the little bits of humor they're doing mm -hmm. uh very mm -hmm. well something that stands out to me is when uh pike learns that this race was called shepherds and he goes shepherds really and they're like that's what it translated to i can't <laughs> And he's like, all right. <laughs> all right, well, okay, shepherds, it is. <laughs> yeah. No, I I yeah. love this episode. It was phenomenal. No, no complaints. Yep. Ooh. And everybody got their little bits of business too, because everybody got what they wanted. Everybody yeah. got what they wanted. And it's a very horror centric episode, but it's also it gives like lots of stuff for you know like there's a lot of there's some fancy Ortegas piloting, there's some fancy you know Spock and the shuttle piloting, and a little bit of yeah. Everybody's like got doing, a little bit like, to do in this episode, yeah, so it's yeah. great. But it also seems like they're doing a really good job of spreading out each episode to delve into these particular characters while still yes. allowing the rest of the actors to show. I'm I'm really enjoying that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. As well, um, and I think we see that in this next episode. Um, uh, the ghosts of Illyria. Um, we see obviously a focus on um, on her name is uh, <laughs> no where did they go number Una. one number Una. one number one yes 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 Una that's why Una Chin Riley and I'm like maybe they just he was just calling her number one as like a joke because her name is Una Una Chin right <laughs> Una all right one. It does sound oh, like you'd know. be like you're in a 20s party and like you're like, oh, yeah. Dame Una Chin Riley is here to visit. <laughs> it's like you just go, I wonder what her story is. Chin Riley. Interesting. Well, it sounds <laughs> like she had two parents who couldn't agree on a last name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they had a meeting of the minds. 
Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Um, well, I'll start describing that episode if you guys sure. are cool with that. Yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Wait, 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 quick question. If you are trying to make a fake name, do you think it's more or less convincing if it's hyphenated? Less, personally. My name is Smith. I am from France. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's less in the opposite. So I I don't know what the sweet spot is, but it's it's it yeah. I, I think the I sweet spot it, is like... stealing names from your real life that actually exist. I've that done are, that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a it's a good. What were the Conehead's names? Were they just Conehead? It was just like their last name was just Conehead. I don't know. <laughs> they were like, we are from France. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. I do like <laughs> Coneheads, though. <laughs> so in this episode, The Ghosts of Illyria, the Enterprise is investigating the abandonment of Illyrian colonists with Illyrian culture, uh, Illyrian colonists, with Illyrian culture revolving around genetic modifications that are largely banned by the fe by Federation policy. With a massive ion storm rapidly approaching the site, Number One and most of the landing party are able to safely return to the Enterprise, but Pike and Spock are forced to take shelter as the storm disrupts the Enterprise's ship systems. The landing party that were able to return to the Enterprise are exhibiting strange sy symptoms calmed only by the presence of light, and they're even willing to hurt themselves to get closer to it. Um, Dr. Mbenka and Chief Engineer Hemmer are puzzled by this development, not detecting any biocontaminants while theorizing on whether the landing party were exposed to unknown pathogens on the planet's surface. As Mbenga uh, links the attraction to light due to a noticeable vitamin D deficiency, the contagion begins to spread to the rest of the Enterprise crew, including La'an, Nuni, and Singh. Uh, immediately recognizing the gravity of the situation, Number One orders a shipwide confinement to quarters for non-essential personnel to prevent the contagion from spreading further. Now, this this thing is going to say it in a little in a little further into the recap, but we also get a scene where Number One seems herself to succumb, but then her body seems to just take care of business. Like she lets it happen, and yeah. then she's she's okay. Yeah. So what do we what yeah. do we think about this opening opening uh, couple of scenes? Yeah. Uh, Carrie, you said you liked Hemmer last episode, and he was like yeah. okay to me last episode, but I really yeah. liked him in this episode as just sort yeah. of like mm -hmm. a self-assured, but not like showy genius, who's just yes. like, yeah, I know my worth. <laughs> and kind and of he's like, how did you do that? I am a genius. Uh, so. <laughs> not as a statement of arrogance, but more just like a statement of facts. Like, yeah. You know, the literal <laughs> definition of the term. Like, I'm smart, yo. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I love that. Yeah, I really like uh, that. I feel uh, like you don't get that. Like you do get geniuses who are like really, um, really mm -hmm. anxious about like revealing themselves, or like super eager to show it, or yeah. like super sarcastic. I don't know. Yeah. And here we just have like, no, I'm just really smart, but otherwise I'm I'm just like a dude. Like let's keep going. Right. I also love the classic uh, Star Trek thing of sending the both the captain and the first officer on a dangerous away mission at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm. Classic. <laughs> Which is like, they, they talk about all the time yeah. how that's not something you're supposed to do, and yet every single yeah. series. And then I think when they get to the next generation, Picard is never allowed to go on any away missions, and that's why Riker is so important. Yeah. <laughs> Picard that's, that's has the to weird stay. Thing. That's the weird thing about doing a prequel. It's like, well, they did it all the time in the original series. So like in your head can you're just like, okay, they must not have made a rule by the point of the original yeah. series. So this happening Their before, rule. you know, like there was still is no rule, you know, even though, yeah. you know, objectively, it's just like, that seems really, really dumb. Yeah. Well, in the rule. menagerie, was, were both Pike and number one down on that mission? Is that why the rule they was created? They were not. They were not. Okay. Um, yeah. It was just Pike, right? And like one like, other random dude or something. Right. It was probably created sometime in between the timeline <laughs> from here right. to uh, the next generation. Well, there's like hundreds say, of years in between. I'm gonna say it was the captain who um, who lost um, Captain Kirk to the Nexus. That guy who was like his <laughs> first day. He's I, like, we it's coming next week. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I rewatched yeah. that that episode, that original series episode recently, and I think they actually justify it by saying there's a whole early on pike is very conflicted about like oh i don't know if i still want to be out in space it's kind of like the reverse of like where we needed being of episode one and he also <laughs> says just like oh and i don't know how about having a woman as my first officer that's literally what he says yeah, which is very, like, yeah. it's the 60s right. uh, yeah something that i'm very glad they did not carry over into this new show yeah um and i feel like that's their justification for just like oh that's yeah. why they don't go together because he's yeah. just like you know i need to get away from you you stay up here I think. but interesting enough though it's 
like I'm okay that they pointed that out in the original series episodes because it was the 60s and it was probably just like a nod to people watching the show oh, it definitely was thinking yeah. like oh yeah. there's all these women like it was unusual to see so it was just like stating it like mm-hmm. this is a thing that is usual now just so you know mm-hmm. we're going to move forward with this and yeah. this is a normal thing get on board women have power Right. Without going down the the rabbit hole of Trek behind the scenes history, the whole reason, so as everyone knows, that original series episode was the original pilot, then they pretty much scrapped it, and they ordered a second pilot, but part of the reason why there's no number one after that episode is because test audiences hated her, because she yeah. was a confident, like, woman on the bridge, and how dare yeah. she, so, you know. Yeah, the they were like by Majel Barrett. Or do I have that wrong? Yeah, sure Majel yeah. Barrett was number one, and also Nurse Chapel was Majel mm-hmm. Barrett, and mm-hmm. yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, she's the best, and she's also, of course, the voice the of the computer of Troy. and the walks on a Troy, yeah, daughter of, of, the, of the most of the house of how many reads. Yeah. But okay, so she was though in like she's like the mother of Star Trek. So how many series was she voicing the computer for up through I Voyager and Deep Space Nine? Voyager, and then yeah. yeah, she even yeah. voices the computer in the first Chris Pine Star Trek movie before she died. Oh, okay. And so I can get this correctly except I tried to say it a couple times so far. I, I never can quite get it. Right, but she is the daughter of Beta Zed's fifth house, holder of the sacred chalice of Rix, and heir to the holy rings of Beta Zed. Yeah, so that was know. a great character. I love when she <laughs> that says was, that. That was her and, best character. I love when she says that, and then Deanna's like, the chalice of Riggs is just like a broken pot, mother. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, it's so good. So good. So good. <laughs> no, yeah. Underrated character in Star Trek lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, yes. She's the Miss. I say this with all due deference and respect to both of these characters. She's the Miss Piggy of the Star Trek universe. Yes, I think that's, oh, that's a good such thing. a good. Yes. Don't you think Miss just like Piggy out there, but like a heart of gold, but yes. fabulous, yeah. but like. And kind of Picard outrageous. is her cur- Picard is exactly. her Kermit. Picard is Kermit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, any so, any available single man is her Kermit. Oh my yeah, god! Truly. It's so true. Yeah. Um, so, so just getting back to this episode, uh, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, like we all have, you know, again, you know, if you were making the list of like, okay, things I want to see in this new show. And mm-hmm. I think if you really want to go back to that classic Trek formula, it's just like, ooh, an unknowable disease that causes people to act funny. Oh, that's such yeah. a Star Trek idea. So um, I completely understand if some people thought kind of this episode was kind of corny. Like it, it, it throws a lot of visuals at you. Like people like, you know, just kind of, um, throwing themselves at like light fixtures and everything where you're just like, oh, <laughs> I could totally see this episode happening in the 60s. I loved As, it. I loved I, it. I thought it was totally cool. I thought it was totally yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm deeply, I'm deeply on board. And I think the reason that formula works is it allows them to, it, it's just like um, a, a, an interpretation of a song you kind of already know, but someone else's interpretation. I just, I just like, yeah. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of cool in that way. Well, it's also uh, that um, it, it, it cre- cre- creates a great level for that, um, you know, like we, we, we love seeing competency in Star Trek, right? You know, and sometimes it can be hit or miss yeah. on that. But like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the this pathogen that needs to be cured, like that, that is such a great avenue for, you know, the, the competency porn, you know, of basically just like, yeah, just people just being good and, at their jobs. And it's it. great because you see Admiral Lance and then you're like, oh, something's going to happen to Admiral Lance because mm-hmm. they just kind of showed him like, who's that guy? Something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, oh, and I should yeah, mention that the yeah the Illyrians were first introduced in Enterprise, the episode Damage. I was wondering. Um, okay, yeah. So this yeah. is another. Uh, this is not a. This is not a new character that was created for Strange New Worlds, but they were introduced in Enterprise. So very cool. Yeah. Well, number one in Mbega deduce the contagion is spread across light waves and decide to sedate the infected as they search for a cure. Um, number one is forced to stun Hemmer when he attempts to beam aboard a raw piece of a planet's mantle for its light and heat. Um, Can we talk about that? Yeah, because absolutely. like, because she stuns him as he's going to like touch it, and then she presses like the she takes the transporter dial and just pushes it like back up, and then it just disappears. 
And man, are they lucky that reversing the transport of like an incredibly dense piece of planetary core is like that easy. Yeah, there isn't yeah, even yeah. any shaking or anything or like nothing <laughs> sparks. It just like disappears. <laughs> un- I agree. That, that seemed a little, a little simple <laughs> for the reversal of. <laughs> undo, just undo. Just literally undo it. And then less than yeah. like half a second, it's gone and everything's just normal. <laughs> But Jay, didn't you love that even when he's doing this insane thing, he's like, she's like, well, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm, well, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm transporting the mantle so I can get the heat directly to us. It's what I need to be doing. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, I love it's that. really fun. And she's like, uh, I'm going to remain calm in this stressful situation. It's <laughs> yeah. great. It yeah. was fun to see people doing an underrated part of this episode was seeing people do insane things with complete yes. confidence. With complete confidence, which is like, I, you know, of, of course, this is what we have to do. And everyone's just like, uh, okay. Yeah. So I love the buildup of the story because we did see that her arms did like a weird blowy thing in that first, right. in the first act. And then you think you, you're not like, oh, well, maybe that's not. You don't think that's maybe a special power to her. You're like, maybe there's something else going on here. But then when she picks up Hammer and throws him over her shoulder, you're like, hey, wait a second now. Yep. But also that's some... Some of, that's some of the worst body doubling. They That that mannequin body double they had. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love this show. I love this episode. That was bad. That was not you're good. You're right. I did catch that. I was like, oh. Yeah, that's a little mannequin there. <laughs> when I saw Una glowing, I thought she was sick and then was trying to hide it. Right. Yeah, because so I think, they, yeah. They especially send another hint about, hint with that with Mbenga later when Hammer is like scanning the med lab and trying to like, trying to find the source of the disease and they have a little bit of a confrontation and Hammer leaves and then right. Mbenga flips on like a light switch to get more light in there. Yeah. I thought like, oh, there are people who have it but are like still somewhat in control but are like trying to hide it. Yes, yes, that thing with Mbega, you it was definitely they were setting something up, but you didn't quite know what. Yeah. Um, and so sure. then we we also see the, she obviously reveals that she's a genetically engineered Illyrian herself, as evidenced by her being able to carry that very tiny mannequin, and also uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> surviving uh, the contagion. This heritage gives number one a degree of immunity from the contagion, allowing her to stop La'an from overloading the Enterprise's engines to boost its light and heat output. Meanwhile, back at the abandoned colony, Pike and Spock barricade themselves in the archives as the ion storm overtakes it with plasma being detected within the storm itself. As the plasma creatures break into the archive room, room, they shield Pike and Spock from the ion storm until it passes a safe distance away from the colony. Uh, before being transported back to the Enterprise, Spock realizes that the beings were mi- the missing Illyrian colonists who succumbed to enigmatic conditions on the planet. Mm. I was the whole time I was just like, these are the Illyrians. Yeah, like, me too. <laughs> like, literally has to be. It just had to be. Yeah. I was okay with that. I was okay I was with dead. that. Because sometimes you have fun like yelling at the TV, like, that's them. Right. <laughs> they don't know it yet. Exactly. Well, because we've seen like hundreds of episodes of Star Trek and these characters. Yeah. So we got that's correct. That's correct. Can I have can I give a little um, personal anecdote to this episode? Yes, please. Mm -hmm. So I recently had gone to the doctor checkups and stuff and I got some blood tests and it came back as uh, I just had a, 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 a vitamin D deficiency. I had a vitamin D deficiency. So I'm starting to, I start, okay, I'll take my vitamin D supplements and here I'm drinking some whole milk because I don't, I don't drink milk and that could be part of it. So I'm, I'm drinking some milk. And so my mother, she calls me up and she's like, did you see the episode of Star Trek? They had a vitamin D deficiency. That could happen to you. You're going to become an yeah. ion storm Just monster. Be careful. Carrie. You have to be careful. <laughs> so this is a cautionary tale. Yeah. And and it's so funny because we're watching it and me and Scott are watching it. As soon as they mention vitamin D deficiency, he looks at me and I'm like, it's me. That's me. I got it. I'm taking my vitamin D pills. I don't know. I just thought it was funny that there is there was a personal connection for me in this episode. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. Oh. And also, you can just take, you don't have to drink milk, you can just take a vitamin D supplement. That's, oh, that's I know. I am. But also, I decided I just want to drink some milk. Hey, it's good. <laughs> Excuse. 
Does the body good? I was if I was given that, I'd be like, oh, I gotta drink some milk. I'm gonna have milk. I have to have some Oreos, obviously. Right? Exactly. So really I did. The- <laughs> I did go out. I did exactly what you just said. <laughs> doctor said I had to eat Oreos. That's what I came home and I'm like, doctor said, doctor Oreo said time. gotta eat Oreos. You gotta get those behind the counter Oreos, though. You gotta go to CVS and make sure you get the prescription for Right. Prescription, prescription Oreos. Oreos. Prescription yeah. Oreos. <laughs> Now with Viagra. No, um, <laughs> don't try, and, don't try, and, and, and don't give me the generic brand Hydrox. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't we do were that. raised on Hydrox. My parents were some off-brand kings and queens, and so I uh, I don't mind a Hydrox. I That's the original that. Hydrox. That's the original Oreo, about, though. They preceded yes, Oreo. Is. Did they? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oreo copied yeah. them. And they're still Oreo like made because I think they're kosher and Oreo isn't. I think. Oh, okay. Mm. I think so. I'm not totally sure on that one. Oreo is one of those things that are not vegan on purpose. They're vegan, but not on purpose. Uh, they just happen to have no okay. <laughs> animal products. In They're them. like, we've got cream and yet no animal yeah. products. How do we so, do it? Don't vegans can eat them. <laughs> vegans can eat them. Shut up also, and stop them in your mouth. <laughs> stop <laughs> asking questions. Also, sometimes it glows in the dark. Right. Don't ask questions about this. Yeah, you didn't open a sleeve of Oreos to think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I've been willingly eating American cheese for 38, 39 years. Uh, so really, Oreos. Oh my god. Like the worst thing I've you know ever. That is a, that is one of my guilty pleasures. Is just like craft singles. I will just be so happy. I'm talking or Velveeta, a little... like a Velveeta cheese. Have, have either of you started to glow in the dark recently? <laughs> <laughs> I only glow Chris for my what? stage. I only glow for my stage presence, and I think you know you're that, right. Jay. Right. You're um, right. So. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean to say they don't have people's health in mind, but when you flip over a pack of Oreos to read the nutrition facts, all it says is, "Guys, what are we doing here? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you reading this? Just eat them. Yeah. It just says you'll get them next time. And, and, and when you when you go to like the health warning section under American cheese, it just says, "Don't think about it." Yeah, yeah. Yes. think about it. Well, don't think about it, huh? Yeah, it feels good. Uh, Go for it. Yeah. And also, I'm not I eating craft singles. I'm eating uh, Land O'Lakes Naturally Slender American Cheese, which is okay. I highly recommend. Okay. It's a tasty choice. Uh, just go for it. Oh, good. Um, anyway, so number this one. This podcast is sponsored by. <laughs> Brought to you by the Cheese Board. Land O'Lakes. I like that because we have like two heavy, like, processed food skeptics when two people this is a strange sponsorship is all i'm saying yeah yeah i don't eat processed food except if it's oreos or american cheese right (laughs) and i I just feel like if you fall asleep with like a with like a slice of american cheese in your hand like you'll wake up and it'll be gone but you'll have like suction cups or something (laughs) your your hands will have you ever had a slice of a craft american cheese or oh yeah i have okay all right yeah well, when I used to teach preschool, if I needed a break, um, I would run to the kitchen and then just open one of those bad boys up and just take a quick breath and be like, and then be ready to go back to the five-year-olds screaming Mr. Cook at me. It's because Jeez. of the calming hormones they get in there. Could be. I love, how, I love how we got there from this episode. And that's what Star Trek does. And that's one of the reasons why I love Star Trek. Because yeah. it yeah, takes you Star places. Really about. It really, yeah. mm-hmm. really takes you places. Well, in I your hope life. the replicator is able to replicate 24 slices of American cheese. I anyway, so number too. one confesses her Illyrian heritage to Pike and her genetic augmentations that are banned by Starfleet, with Pike dismissing her offer to resign, reaffirming her place on the Enterprise. Mbenga then admits to number one that the contagion spread was made possible by his insistence not to upgrade the ship's transporters during its extensive refit uh, so he could care for a mysterious being he has come to secretly raise as his daughter? Mm, what? No, no. That's, no not that's not correct. It's his daughter. It's it his, is daughter. his daughter. <laughs> it's his daughter. It's his daughter. Okay, sorry. I didn't, I didn't read all the way to the end of this. This person. <laughs> Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm not making fun, but I love the idea of like just something materializing on the transport pad and the thing of his good. I guess this is my daughter now. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think whoever wrote this went to the bathroom for a sec and then came back and was not like, bothered to rewind. I thought it was very context, clear that his she's in stasis clues. because she's got a cancer or something that can't be cured. Yes, yeah, yeah. So a a horrible little, illness with like a, a leukemia type of disease. Mysterious being, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm gonna write a I'm gonna write I a mean, strongly worded email to cbr.com. You've made me look like a fool for not doing any work for my podcast. It's a it's a it's a mystery to Una for all of two seconds because she asks, "Who is that?" and he says, "My daughter." My daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's very funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, um, and that's pretty much the episode. I mean, it's, you yeah. know, I think they're, they're strengthening their, their bonds with one another. We're, we're learning more about all these, these fine people. Oh, we, we do get a good mm-hmm. scene with La'an and, and number one as well. Yes. I was just mm-hmm. thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I was I, thinking about was we learn a little bit more of her uh, background as a sing, yeah. um, as a Noonien sing. Um, although, I the the only thing that pops into my head though was I'm like this is like people with the last name Hitler after World War II well, yeah. they all change they all change their name there's no Hitlers out there because they all change their name there's <laughs> still there's like, still Hitlers out there there's probably but they're not anywhere near here because they all change their name yeah, yeah. so there's an Namibian anyway. politician named Adolf Hitler oh there is. Is but it? apparently he's like a really good guy. So yeah, that he's was, the good that's Adolf nice. Hitler. That's, 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 that's gotta be nice. a hard umbrella to get out uh, out from, you know. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Poor guy. But yeah. didn't she say something along the lines of she never wanted she wanted to never forget because of all the horrible things that had happened, and so she wanted to take like a hard line stance on. Yeah. I respect. Yeah. I. I. I that, that's all the explanation I need. That makes perfect sense. Like. Yeah. yeah. So the difference between the genetic engineering that uh, the United uh, America, uh, Earth <laughs> did versus the Illyrians is that they that was part of the Illyrians' culture to adapt to their environment rather than try to change uh, things. They weren't going for power or um, you know war or domination. They were. They were so there were some Illyrians that looked exactly like humans, and some that looked completely uh, unrecognizable as a human because it was based on the environment they were um, engineering themselves with. So, yeah, so and it brings up a lot of interesting, like, okay, one thing Star Trek sort of like dodges is the question of like physical augmentation, which is sort of like Mm -hmm. a halfway point in my view to genetic augmentation. which like we do already in this day and age and in some societies it's like disturbingly common Mm -hmm. um but the federation but like you know the star trek universe sort of dodges that by being like people don't care about physical appearance it's all about your personality and your drive to accomplish things um which is a very you can look like i agree but yet they can they have the power to make you look like anything anybody anyone they only they also only cast people who are essentially beautiful (laughs) Yeah. In one way or I mean, we're literally way talking about. We were literally talking about how they cast an Australian model. You know? From Australian yeah, yeah. model. Um, so I'm surprised that like people aren't at least like physically somewhat altered. Like I don't know if you wanted soldiers in a war, you'd want them to be stronger, mm-hmm. and you'd perhaps like give them like hormone therapy akin to the steroids that we have today to like make better soldiers. And that's not genetic conditioning, but it's like definitely going in that direction. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this episode opened a lot of like ethical traps, especially towards the end. And then just sort of like pretended that it ended on a happy note. I really liked this episode, but I was sort of like, okay, the whole thing with the doctor's daughter, where she's basically just like frozen in in stasis with like brief interrupts for her dad to read her a bedtime yeah, story she's while like they're like waiting the, for a cure mm-hmm. she's like in the teleporter buffer yeah she's like that, just that brings hanging, that's crazy that that's, is yeah, that yeah. is weird to me that is weird to me because but she's just, just pre- living her life as you know molecules in a transporter living and, in and like it, it ends with with him like reading a bedtime story to her having yeah. materialized her as necessary in order to keep her like patterns fresh or whatever the terminology is and mm-hmm. there's like sort of like a fairy tale like like melody playing in the background as he reads her this bedtime story um but that's kind of dark like he's refusing mm-hmm. to accept this death which is hard granted but like that's i don't know do you well, and, and and in refusing to almost doomed the whole ship to because he hadn't upgraded the trans they hadn't you know and i'm kind of surprised that if like the medical teleporter her teleporter is what let the light disease get through how come she didn't catch it yeah 
because that would have in that would have really added some poetic darkness That's, of like you refuse to accept ooh, her yeah. death that yeah. caused everybody on the ship to get sick and now she dies anyway yeah, she dies for real. Yeah. That's the A24 film of this episode. That <laughs> yeah. yeah, alternate ending. Mm-hmm. Um well, I, the other thing I thought was interesting story-wise is there the almost there were two ending conversations that were exactly the same. Number one going into Pike and trying mm-hmm. to quit and her him rejecting and then she going to Mbega and doing exactly almost exactly the same conversation and I I didn't I didn't not like it I'm just wondering what the reason for that choice was to have them both like that to see those parallels like that right right back to back Mm. it feels deliberate in a way that I feel like it's going to come back like mm. both of these, both of these choices are going to be brought to light again. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, just probably for, just for attention and for story and for all that, you know? Yeah. There's also a lot of techno babble in this episode, a really high amount of jargon and techno babble sure. and science-y words. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a, higher than I think the surrounding episodes, but you know, mm-hmm. not, not like TNG level. I always like how mm. Kate Mulgrew used to liken it to doing Shakespeare. Like, I'm mm. speaking another language, but it's your language, but it's a little different. There's like a certain mm. rhythm oh, to it. Oh, I know. love her. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I want to say, too, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I thought, yeah, I really liked this episode, too. And there was some really strong work from, well, everyone, but especially Rebecca Romaine. I thought she was really fantastic. And I was really kind of, I, I was really touched by um the conversation she has with pike and then the log entry that she has at the end because i mean i love how they layered in you know this discussion about the illyrians and then pike and uh, this was such a this was such a nice moment because it, it, it somehow strikes the balance of you know federation humans are more evolved than we are um as, as star trek reminds us you know countless times and i really like how in the moment towards the end you know, Pike says the absolute best and worst thing at the same time. And he basically calls her, not in so many words, but he calls her one of the good ones, essentially, you know, that mm-hmm. you've subverted every stereotype. of your, um, And that really sticks with her in a way where it's like, he's not trying to be cruel, not even to the people who are not in front of him, you know, like, but he, but she's hurt by that, if only because, you know, how much pressure it is to be one of the good ones in order to be accepted accepted right yeah and i I think a lot of people could probably relate to that in this in this world today so i thought that's a nice and it's it speaks to how like in a lot of tv shows the sort of antidote to racism is like oh here's one person of that race who did a really good job this one time and now we appreciate and now now they're a representative for their whole Mm -hmm. race and and that's not fair and then now we don't have to adopt a second one Right. I'm 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 I'm, like, I'm I'm using really harsh words on purpose, of course. Uh, or if yeah. they're all this good, then I wouldn't have a problem with them. Right, right. Well if only. you know, we don't know. Like this is the only Illyrian we know that is uh <laughs> saying that there there might be more we, we don't know about, but this is the only one we know. So. I think I think to your point, Michael though, I, I really it did it, it illustrated that beautifully because I certainly took that away from that as well as like you yeah. don't need to be the best to be to have worth to have worth just yeah. by just by existing you know yeah, yeah. um well I don't think it asserts that right she asks it as an open-ended question of like and and, and she says like when will it be enough to just be an Illyrian yeah. and that yeah. right that puts it as an ideal that we should live up to right right yeah right 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 well good yeah. I mean I really I think uh I think we've done a, a bang up job getting through these two episodes, Good my friend. I have one thing I wanted to mention also. Oh, I'm sorry, Michael, episode. we're out of time. No, I'm kidding. Oh no. no. <laughs> um, so this episode, Ghost of Valeria, was directed by Leslie Hope, who is a TV actress. She shows up in tons of stuff. She's been on like, oh, I don't know, take every TV show of the past like 30 years and like and then cut it by half and then she's been in it. Um, but the Star Trek connection to that is she played Kira Maru. Kira's mother in an episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Oh. Oh, oh is that God. the one where Gal Dukat makes her time travel yes. and be like, "Your mother was my mistress, Edith." <laughs> oh my God, Deep Space Nine. Just the slime. Oh, I'm sorry. You might not have seen that one yet. 
Yeah. That yeah, was not crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ducat no. goes oh, off so the good. deep end in such that a fascinating was, yeah. way. That's a season such an, episode. That was such yeah. an interesting episode. A real a real thinker, that one. A real thinker. Maybe, maybe he really did deserve <laughs> to be a skull in Picard's skull. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my oh, God. All the ones there. I was like, I'm okay yeah. with that one. How cool with Ducat? Yeah. How yeah. cool with that one? Yeah. He's just <laughs> someone who will call up people and then just plant evil thoughts in their head for fun. That's just what he yeah. does. He's just... Oh, and his poor half. Hot take, Gul Ducat, bad person. Just you know, I, it's unpopular opinion, but um, <laughs> there are people who idolize him. It's weird, like, really? Yeah, that they're like you. They you can justify all of his actions, and he wasn't a bad person. And yeah, that's Jesus. the problem. He thinks makes he you, can justify all of his actions. It, it makes you realize, like, there'd be support for a dictatorship <clears throat> today. Yeah, that's yeah. how he got that cult following in the show. Yeah. It's so real because it's in real life too. It's happening mm -hmm. in real life. Is, is that the mm -hmm. metric we're going with here? Well, I mean, he had a reason for everything he did. Just like, Jesus. yeah, serial killers have a reason. I mean, right. He was, he was yeah. trying to make his people strong, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. <sighs> just well, like Khan Noonien Singh. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, uh, any final thoughts on these two episodes or recommendations of things you'd like folks to check out um, out in the greater world? The recommendation I have is that I've been watching the new, uh, brand new season of Kids in the Hall, and these oh, guys are in their yeah. and these guys are in their sixties. But I'm I am I've I can't remember the last time I laughed out loud so hard at a TV show because usually I'm watching a show and they're funny and I'm like <laughs> that's funny, but this one I'm just like almost crying because wow. I'm laughing so nice. hard from Kids wow. in the Hall. But well, yeah, I, I always loved Kids in the Hall. I've always loved Kids in the Hall, though. But it's almost like they're on um, they're on Netflix now. It's almost like there's things that they can get away with now that they couldn't get away with well, in the I saw 90s. That the one episode so they're the two pushing two it are, real hard. I saw that one episode <laughs> where the two of them are just completely naked at their yes. whatever. I was like, no, they're not going to do this. They're not going to do it. Like, oh, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. There's all of Dave Foley right in front of me. Uh, oh, my God. Nice. It was like a lot of the, there's a lot of peen out there in the world. Free the peen. Free the peen, guys. There's a lot of peen out there in the world. <laughs> if you take anything away from this episode. On TV. On the TV, I mean. You never used to see Full Frontal on TV, but now it's everywhere I look. I mean, fields full of peen, but the war in Ukraine's got the harvest that, you know, stuck in its depot's supply silos. I do not know what the heck you're talking about. I do not understand a word of what you just The world peen harvest has been has been shallow this year. I see. I see. Maria Bamford does that in her, on her TV show in the second season where they're like trying to like, they show them trying to censor her after coming out of the shower to like air dry and then she's like dancing away from it and you're just like getting the <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Funny. Um, Michael or Jay, do you have any final thoughts or recommendations? Um, my final thought is that I'm waiting for this show to get dark. Mm -hmm. To like have a little bit of darkness. So far, it hasn't really had any. Um, it's just, it's been very feel good. I've enjoyed it a lot, but I'm waiting for like, where's the uncomfortable parts of making an ethical choice? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being yeah. stuck in an ethical dilemma. There's, I've seen that a lot on Star Trek where they just sort of dance around dark things, but they don't sort of push it over. You Until know? Janeway gets two Vicks. Yeah, but then they're like, forget about it the next episode. So this is why I like this uh, series, because I feel like this is this kind of show that is not going to forget about that. Yeah. Um, well, well, we'll see. Yeah. We shall see. We'll see. Oh, don't mind me. That's a just, uh, I live by a highway. So did you hear that? Yeah. Oh, that love yeah. Right yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Classic. Michael, what about you? Any any final thoughts or recommendations? Um, I wish. No, I'll just uh, defer to everyone else's final thoughts and recommendations. I got nothing. Okay. Tank is empty. <laughs> so I will tell you what Michael's final thought was. That he said, "Women belong in the kitchen," and I can't believe he said that. <gasps> no. He is such wow. a horrible Michael Henley. Michael Henley. Quote. <laughs> mm -hmm. Go out and tend to the peen harvest already. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. Um, 
I don't, I don't, I think I've got too many recommendations because there's a lot of things I've been enjoying, but they're all a little dark. Like I've been watching Under the Banner of Heaven on Hulu, Ooh, which is yeah, I wanted to watch that with yeah. Andrew Garfield, and it's about okay. about um, FLDS sect of yeah. It's just it's really intense and dark, but well, quite well done. Um, and then also on a, on a lighter note, and I know I've recommended Drag Race before, but they have a Drag Race <laughs> season, which is all winners. And man, is it very good. Oh, it's wow. very, 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 very good. Um, and um, and I'll just give you one example of how it's good. They do, do you know what reading is? Do y'all know what reading is? Like when you read somebody? Heard of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Essentially, mm-hmm. you're telling mm-hmm. them what's, you know, about their life mm-hmm. in a truthful way. Yeah. Oh, sure. mm-hmm. A little yeah, bit yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And so um, one of the queens says, well, I know you're a Gemini. Are you putting the good makeup on the other face? And I just think that's such a lovely... <laughs> Wow. It's a lovely insult. You know, it's a really wow. good one. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, but you know, I don't I don't have a song to end the episode on, but um, maybe we mm. can just maybe we all just end on a quiet uh, gentle sigh, just a ah.